welcome to We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I will be your host for this evening, or this morning, or this afternoon, uh, or whenever you're listening, because uh, after all, it is your podcast. Now, joining me today on this uh, board game storage furniture special, we've brought him. <laughs> we've brought him back after last time, because <laughs> as they say, if it's not broke, uh, you know, don't yeah, don't fix it. Um, but he is definitely broken. It is the broken meeple himself, Mr. Luke Hector. So, <laughs> where were you going with that? I have no idea. But we're not going to edit. We're just going to keep on rolling, and we're going to see what kind of happens. So, um, thanks for coming back on. I've been waiting for it, mate. <laughs> it's down to you. <laughs> I know. I've just been. I do apologise wholeheartedly because I've just been. Um, You've been stupidly busy just doing stuff and things, but um, um, for people who aren't aware, the reason that we're doing this is because there's not enough podcasts out there about board games. Definitely not. Definitely not enough podcasts at all about board games. Um, I've checked, and still a mystery. There is obviously another two podcasts in Scotland that do what we do. One of them is the uh, Unlucky Frog Gaming podcast. And the other one is the first player marker. Guess what? Still haven't spoken to the people that are on the first player marker. It's beginning to get a little bit embarrassing. Um, there's obviously people south of the border. And uh, we've got Luke, who does his own little podcast all about board games. And the second reason that we do this is because Luke put a, <laughs> Luke put a question on Twitter regarding um, weights and floor weights and tension weights to do with <laughs> architects. That's what you're going on about, <laughs> <laughs> Which was basically saying how much weight would an average kind of first floor flat kind of take or something like that. And I thought, based on our last conversation, which was all about shelving and games and stuff like that, because we touched on kind of uh, Calyx, um other shelving units are available. It's 2018, but the jokes are still the same. Um, I'm just intrigued. <laughs> I was like, have you actually been weighing it up? Are you like the type of person that kind of thinks you're like calorie counting and saying like, well, if I, you know, if I eat this, if I eat that, if I eat this, then I've made my daily allowance. Are you kind of doing the architectural plans and checking kind of load bearing weights and stuff like that? No, it's just more paranoia things. I don't know anything about sort of construction, but I just think that most people have their game rooms on the ground floor mine isn't it's in a bedroom floor and it's only right. a, a new build property so i've already got like the two big like the wall of games as people can see on my videos in yeah. the background and you know more games will get added to it or you know i've had big vault boxes to contain multiple games like the entire collection of legendary arkham horror or something those things weigh a ton so I'm, i was just a bit paranoid as to just how much weight can the actual floor take was like because i was thinking well i'm starting to run out of games i want to get rid of to make way for more so it's like well, what if i add more on top of this and it's like okay seriously how much can i put in here because i've also got the geekerson table in the middle of that room there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of weight in that room and i'm just like okay i'm is this safe <laughs> It's like I didn't know if you wanted to change. I might need to change the name of the podcast to the Creaking Meeple because I can't have the Creaking Shells because that's already been taken. <laughs> creaking House, yeah, Creaking House in general. Just I just thought it was like one of house. these things. You're you're building up to you're just building up to some uh, <laughs> broken house, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Hector House of Subsidence. 
and cardboard. <laughs> as far as I can tell, it should be fine. But I was just—I I had to at least check. <laughs> so. I just thought it was—I thought it was one of those, um, you know, on Twitter nowadays where you see people going, um, you know, um, watching Transformers a movie helped me get over my fear of squirrels thread on Twitter, <laughs> and it ends up with like. <laughs> It either ends up with an amazing anecdote that is entirely hilarious, or it's just a series of facts. And I didn't know where you were going with this, so I was intrigued. Because it's <laughs> a good question, and I went, do you know what, he's done it, hasn't he? He's kind of he's gonna been upstairs, and all he's heard is... <laughs> anyway. You wait, it'll anyway, happen how... in a future video, it'll be like, you'll hear it in the background or something. And it, it'll be one of my intros to the video, but it won't actually be scripted. It'll be like, oh, what? Excuse me? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> just see like shells disappearing <laughs> behind you and then you'd be like sitting there going oh well, well it's the board game collection <laughs> people asking if you're alright and everything but how are you keeping though you've been you've been busy you have been busy you've been busy in front of a camera this is the other thing I was like going to say oh well how many videos have you done because last time we spoke you were kind of like saying I'm going to be doing lots of videos and I was kind of like okay and then you have just been doing Lots and lots of videos, <laughs> like tons of videos. It was a case of getting it started because it was the hard part of, right, need this equipment, need this setup, need this yeah. room, as it was, because I only moved in last October. And it just took a while before I felt like, right, I'm ready to make a start. And even then I had to sort out, right, I need to know what intro I'm doing, I need to know what format mm. I'm doing, am I doing it for other people, monetization, that kind of thing. And it, it wasn't until about the summer where it's like, right, after the expo, got a bunch of games, got like review copies coming in. It was just now's a good time to start. I'm trying to think of how many I'm done actually. If I've got playlists somewhere, uh, season two, 57. So 57 reviews, seven top tens, and that top 100 of all time or something. So yeah, we're talking we're talking around the 75 plus mark <laughs> since that top, June. <laughs> that top 100 was about four or five videos. That was twelve. Well, that was twelve videos. It was twelve it, videos. Oh yeah, because it was ten per video plus. Um, you did a the special on the number one, which we can't talk about because we want people to go away and watch the videos because they're good fun. I think most people know my number one anyway, but <laughs> love... it's not. It's like an open secret, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so you've gone out and done. I mean, um, from somebody that's done was doing podcasting content. Is there been is there a massive difference in terms of turning out stuff? Do you have to be much more super organised? And and I mean, are you are you scripted much more? Or are you just setting the camera up and kind of going for it? More the latter, really. It certainly is more of a time sink. Hence, the uh, podcast is more like a once a month thing. And even then, I need yeah. to figure out what I'm doing with it. But I think the main problem has been one just getting used to it because slowly but surely, I'm getting more used to the software and just doing it. Uh, uh-huh. and another thing is just spare time but it's also I think I might have gone a bit too mad on getting games in like you know I can put a few requests <laughs> in and say oh yeah I'd like to look at those and then I realise alright <laughs> oh, I've just asked for about 5 or 6 games and I can't physically get these played in a week so it's <laughs> so things started overrunning and I'm just a, you might have noticed the um, the output in the last few weeks has been something like 2 sorry like 1 every 2 days mainly just because I've had such a backlog to get done since like the beginning of December. Now I'm all, I'm pretty much, I think, as of the end of this week, has ended this weekend, up to date, and now I can sort of go, right, 
Maybe we should just calm down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Goodness sake, will you slow it down? But then it's one of these things, if you do get into like a good routine, it's not entirely difficult to kind of keep kind of plowing them out. I mean, once you get into that routine, you know what you're setting up. And do you do, I mean, do you do a lot of editing? Do you find yourself doing a lot of editing? Are the stuff that you put out, you know, at the beginning of those, you know, the 70-odd that you've done, you don't do things by halves, do you? Um, in terms of, like, say, the quality and stuff like that, were you still kind of finding your feet with that? Are you a lot, are you kind of, are you kind of reached the stride that you're quite comfortable with just like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, um, I do a little bit of editing. Are you kind of just topping and tailing it, or are you being kind of? Do you, are you more critical now that you're confident with the software? I guess. Um, critical in a sense that I try to at least avoid the blunders. But for the most part, the editing as as I've gotten used to it now, and I'm starting to experiment a bit more with like random effects that I can find on the internet or stuff like that. You know, especially for the intros, which are kind of like a sort of. 30 second joke in a sense like the, the gag <laughs> before the whole thing starts and it gets more and more difficult to come up with something different every single time but <laughs> the but no the, the editing's got to a point where like okay i'm comfortable this is how i do it you you save what they call like assets within the software so like you know you can bring them the same stuff back without having to redo it all and yeah. scripting i've never really done anyway podcast or videos i've i'll know the gist of what i'm talking about but at the end of the day how i formulate my speech is in my head i haven't got time to script it all i've never you know it's different it's different from someone like you know maybe like grogan or whatever and some of the others who script like crazy and it's like yeah that's why it's like one video every like three years or something it's it's kind of like because i don't have time to script it I know. I know. I, I mean, you must have been quite surprised when I sent you the links. Um, the links for the show notes we're going to be using tonight, with the length of questions, the appendixes to the places we're going to be covering, and the topics as well. That must have come as quite a shock on how organised we were tonight. <laughs> Do you not get that link? <laughs> I got the link, but I didn't think it was much different from last time. <laughs> As in, there was no show notes, there was no organisation. In fact, I think I was asking you like five minutes before, you still okay to do this, mate? Yeah, it's like, pretty sure because I was waiting for you. <laughs> do you know what happened before I came upstairs? I was like, I was really ready to come upstairs. And then I did that thing where I like, I turned around awkwardly and I spilt like half a thing of um, lemonade on the floor. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And it's a, cer- it's a ceramic floor, so it wiped up. But then I was I'm going to be late. And then when I came upstairs and I thought, well, I didn't be late because I ran upstairs and then it was just in time. And I thought, well, I better see, I should better check it. Everything's okay. And then, and then I tried to put Skype on and then Skype decided, I'm not, you've not got a microphone. I says, I've definitely got a microphone. I can see it in front of me. But um, no, Skype wasn't having it. So then I had to kind of like reset, kind of reset that as well. Um, In terms of the, in terms of your content, because you've got, I mean, are you turning into kind of like the chart show meeple thing? In the what, sorry? You're doing a lot. Well, you're doing a lot of top tens, aren't you? I do like top tens, though, in general. I mean, the, probably the <laughs> first videos I remember watching were the Dice Tower ones when I first started liking yeah. board games and even deciding, oh, I want to do a blog. But the first things I remember watching were their top tens. I think they're like their first co-op games one. I think probably the first one they ever did. And yeah. 
I got hooked on those videos because I love the banter. But to be honest, I think I just love top 10 lists. I, I love watching anything on YouTube or anything that anyone's done where they go, my top 10 X, you know, whatever, you know, top 10 this. <laughs> and I just, Top 10 top 10s. It could be. I mean, I could almost get to that stage. But the thing is, <laughs> top 10s are also popular with other people. I mean, I'm just looking yeah. for the, the analytics for the YouTube at the moment. I mean, a, a review is lucky enough if it gets like a, a few hundred views. If it gets close to a thousand, it's doing pretty well or it's a popular game. But the top 10s are like, I mean, the top 10 overrated games one is by seven views, literally my biggest video i've done since june and it's got 3765 which i yeah. know which i know is not a lot compared to a lot of people but considering it's yeah, only but... been out since december the 8th for me that's somewhat insane and that's me ranting about 10 games which you know people could be shtick for but hey 3765 people wanted to see it so go for it <laughs> i know and then you look at the review stuff and they're kind of you know as you say you're lucky if you're kind of breaking breaking a thousand do you feel then um are you getting pushed towards doing more top tens? Are you feeling? Are you just going to kind of like say, well, there's going to be two types of content. There's going to be the review stuff. There's going to be the opinion stuff, and then there's going to be the the kind of the top tens, top hundreds, and all. Because you've got to keep it different, isn't it? You're going to run out of ideas if mm-hmm. you keep doing kind of top tens all the time. Oh, uh, you'd be surprised how many top tens you can do. But I, do, <laughs> I am getting I am getting pushed towards that front. I mean, I've already got. F- um, that little black book I use in every video so I, it's got quite a few in there I haven't used yet and mm. three or four of them I think one of them I've scheduled for this weekend actually it was I asked people when I did my top 10 and 17 do you do you want me to go back the last four years since I started and review what I put as top 10s now that I've played a lot more games and everybody yeah. just jumped up and said yes Uri. so I've done that so there's four more lists already just doing 16 through to 13 <laughs> I know, I know. And are you, I mean, are you settled into your style of kind of like reviewing? Because as I say, you're just, just kind of off the cuff. This is what I like. This is what, you know, kind of don't like. It's fairly relaxed. You're very relaxed in front of the camera for somebody who's, I would say, not been doing it that long. It's gotten easier. I mean, bear in mind, I did have a stint doing it a year, two, three years ago or something when I was in the old flat. I mean, they're yeah. still on the channel and they're lesser quality videos, but you know, they're still mm-hmm. there, as I call season one. This <laughs> is season two. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a legacy experience. But the. <laughs> you got stickers for it. <laughs> you'll, find, you'll find like new stuff gets stuck all over the place in my flat. It's like, I, I mean, this, this new house was a, a, a box unlock. You know, so you've now you've now bought a new you've you've got a new mortgage on this three bed house unlock box eight. So, and it has it's two just... Kallax shelves within it. Oh my goodness, other shelving units are available. <laughs> I couldn't resist. But now it's I think I've just gotten used to it. Though. My confidence has built up a lot in the last five years plus since getting into board games, just because I'm meeting so many people. And yeah. some of that is board games, some of that is conventions, some of that is just the blog in general, some of that's just being, I don't know, dating probably even, you know, stuff like that. Cause I'm, yeah, and over time it's just gotten to the point where I'm so used to meeting new people and just doing this because I'm, I'm too far in to have regrets now. I can't suddenly be like, oh, what are they thinking of me at the end of the camera? Dude, you've done how many videos now? Just get on with this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can't yeah. look at it because I'd look at it and I'd go... My hair is really, really thinning. Mm. You know, that's why I think, everybody else would be looking at the content. I'd be looking at the top of my head going, there really isn't 
just an awful <laughs> lot there anymore, is there? It's just, I'm gonna, you'd see me wearing like a We're Not Wizards hat. Or try and put it, you know, or try and edit one in just to like <laughs> cover cover the old the old kind of bonds. Um are you here's another thing. Obviously you, you get the numbers in with the top tens. Do you feel a pressure to try and get the kind of the new and exciting to the table as part of the channel? Because um things like Charterstone and stuff like that. Do you feel, you know, you have to get this stuff in in order to kind of keep the channel relevant? Or, are you, again, is it, are you kind of, well, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, if I get, if I get, manage to get a copy, it's a good thing. And then I can talk about it. If I don't manage to get a copy, then, then kind of fair enough. Yeah, if I don't get a copy, I'm not fussed. I mean, I couldn't get a copy of Fallout and, you know, other yeah. people have done it. So I just think, oh, well, miss it. It's, there is a bit of pressure to try and get the new hotness reviewed reasonably quick because the problem is by the time you've even got a copy about 20 other people have already had a copy for three weeks and played it yeah because they're the the big lot they'll get the review copies literally like pre-production odd so yeah you, you can't beat them you just have to accept that fact but you can uh-huh. at least be as quick as you can with in my case you know a, U- a uk retail release and people will still view it even later on when they've only just found out about these games but it would be nice for me to sort of go back and look at some older stuff and i think that's one thing the top tens allow me to do Mm -hmm. you know i can go and say right well top 10 you know underrated games and these underrated games could be from the entire experience they don't have to be recent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. have you um have you thought about going into kind of doing extended big playthroughs and, and things like that as well have you thought about kind of going down that line and doing almost like a watch it played kind of scenario too? It's on the mind. Um, I did do rules videos in season one, but the yeah. problem with it, I noticed, was A, it took a lot of effort to do those. They took a ton of editing. You had to make certain you knew the rules 100% because as soon as anybody um, decided you know you you've got a rule run they would hound you like crazy so it's you've got to be careful and to be fair i just rely on rodney smith you know most of the time so 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 it's it's great just to sort of watch him but i do want to do something like that i mean i mentioned earlier i got ideas and there's two in mind which may mean i need to tone down the review content a little bit but one Mm -hmm. is playthroughs but i don't want it to just be playthroughs of random games i wanted to focus on solo variants because and there are not many people out there that look at the solo modes for a lot of games. You know, they'll, they'll say, oh yeah, this game is brilliant, but they don't look at the one-player mode in it. And those ones tend to get missed out. And it's like, oh, those would be easier to do. I can do it by myself. There's only so many extra rules and people will watch it. And I've even yeah. I've bought some kits that would allow me to do it. It's just trying to find the time to actually mess around with the kit and get used to it. Hence, I need to get this backlog out of the way in order to yeah, exactly. find the time. Exactly. But I forget what they're called, uh, gimbals or something like that. They they hold your mobile phone and it keeps it steady as a sort of cinematic style. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like uh, one of those funny, fancy gyroscope things that you get as well, that no matter where you move, it always kind of keeps it up the same way. Yeah. I'm also not that thing. <laughs> I'm just trying to guess. Well, they did you get that? Did you get the idea when you were doing Charterstone then? Because I noticed that you were you you spoke about Charterstone, and then but you were do you were playing it from the point of view of a of a kind of a solo variant type of thing. That was mainly because a nobody else was doing it, and b because people were getting the review out so quick. 
And the Pandemic Legacy one I've only just put out is still only a halfway review because the group I play it with can barely meet up every couple of weeks. So trying to find another group that could say, oh, guys, can I just borrow you for 12 sessions of gaming as a marathon (laughs) thing is nigh on impossible. So I just thought... (laughs) I just thought if I can play it myself, I'll do it myself. We'll see. It's got the variant. I'll try it. And that was just more of a coincidence. I've had this idea for a good few months now. I just haven't had the time to mess around with the thing. But I mean, there's, you know, the Vital Asura games have got good solo modes. There's solo games like Hostage Negotiator. Uh, Otis, the recent game Otis has published a solo variant that nobody not, not many people know of you know that people have said oh can you do something for that and it's like well give me a minute <laughs> Cause i've just added it to the list i'm trying to cook my dinner if you don't mind yeah. while editing this bit of video kind yeah. of thing so so that's one thing and the other part was something similar i think zuzanne from dice Tower might have done this a while back i'm not sure if she still does it but the because you can get away to i mean i've got the software I use allows me to record my screen on the PC with kind of like my own sort of webcam thing in the corner. And mm-hmm. I could wear the headset because the headset's decent enough. I mean, well, as long as you're hearing me fine, it's a decent enough microphone <laughs> on it without yeah. having the PC noise get in the way. But I wanted to do more sort of playthroughs of apps. Now, I have no idea how you use Twitch or anything like that. So I wasn't really considering Twitch streaming, but you, know, you could record something for YouTube you know, it doesn't have to be live. I mean, I suppose you could do it live. I don't know. But, you know, just recording it would be good enough. But if the app is on Steam or if I can mirror my, what's it called? Like mirror your iPad or Android tablet to the PC screen. I know that's possible. Yeah, yeah, then I can yeah. basically play through the app on my PC whilst recording myself going through it. So that's almost kind of like a, a, a rather run-through thing of app games. You know, people can see what's going on. I can basically mouth, I can mouth at the game or something if it beats me or whatever. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the extreme sweary version. Nah, I'd still try to keep it reasonably family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> reasonably, <laughs> just the, just one f bomb per episode or something like that. Yeah, you could just have you just have you storming off, <laughs> flipping the table. There might be some you games can... that could drive me to that, though. <laughs> so, know, if I played, I like, br- you ever played Brass, the apples, I mean, that, that I could be flipping the tablet with that one easy <laughs> enough. <laughs> you were going to be flipping the table with the actual other game as well. That was, I think that was one of the things where you just went, I don't like this game. And then everybody went, sorry, your opinion is wrong. <laughs> so remember that conversation on Facebook. Well, still, um, well, people still do that, but, I mean, that's just... The internet. <laughs> the internet know, is your friend at times. <laughs> Occasionally, other opinions are, are available. <laughs> um, but you're interesting. I, I kind of, I was interested in your take on Charterstone because you played the kind of the solo variant. You, you didn't come away from it sounding like you were entirely enamoured with it. I wasn't really. I mean, I suspect it probably would be more entertaining with multiplayer, but then some of that might just come down to the banter across the table. You know, it's why, mm. I, it's why I'm not playing Pandemic Legacy solo. I'm sure I could get through it in no time if I played it solo, and I'd probably enjoy the game, but mm. the three people I play it with are big Pandemic fans ever since I showed them the other versions and the original Legacy one. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of the fun is just bantering with them. You know, but I don't know. I, I think I kind of just expected a little bit more from Charterstone. The, the unlocking didn't 
feel as epic as I was hoping it for. A lot of it felt quite samey. And rather than being a, a legacy narrative experience, it was more like build your own Euro. And the Euro that you actually got from it didn't necessarily measure up to other Euro games that I would probably rather play. So it was, it was still interesting to do the 12 games of it. But yeah, yeah. I just it just didn't... F- give me exactly what I want. And this is why I keep saying that hype is a like a destroyer of games because you, 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 it gets hyped up like crazy and then you try to measure up to it and it just will not happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's people that are, you know, they're saying, on, and, and obviously everybody's opinion's valid because there are going to be games, everybody, you know, there are going to be games that I'm going to be like, yeah, I kind of see where you're coming from, but I kind of don't see where you're kind of coming from at all. I've yet to look at a copy of Charterstone, it'll probably be something that I will kind of pick up. Um, the thing that puts me off is the is the legacy side of things. I can see me starting off a kind of a legacy game and then getting kind of three or four games in. And my fear that is if it isn't absolutely captivating, that I'm going to end up getting, you know, the fourth game in, then having a struggle get the fifth game in, and then when it comes to, like, maybe the sixth game... People are just like, no, no, let's um, let's play something else because I've kind of got the latest new new hotness, and that is the only thing that kind of it kind of concerns me a bit. Um, I found that it's not, yeah. I found that out um, with it actually. I mean, by the time I got to say like game nine, ten, <coughs> I was starting to get to the point where I'm like, okay, can we just get through this now? <laughs> you know, I've, I've kind of unlocked <laughs> everything that's interesting, and even then, when you play it solo, you don't unlock everything quite as quickly as you could in multiplayer because the the computer opponent is more concerned about getting VPs. Yeah. It, it, and also the first two games, you mentioned that by the third or the fourth game, you've got to be captivated. Well, you pretty much need to start on game three before you really even see anything. I kid you not, the really? first two games oh, right, okay. shouldn't even exist. <laughs> okay. They're so bare bones. It's like literally yeah. about like eight spaces on the board and it's just get one thing and churn it in for something. It's like, seriously, you could have like fast forwarded it to game three and started from scratch at that point. Yeah, I mean the hook's got it. The hook's an important thing. I think you know that was the. Um, there's games that do the hook really, really well. Mex versus Minions for me, just the nature of how it played and the fact there's the little bits of secrecy and you're opening it up and it's not a legacy game as such, but you are opening up parts that kind of increase your power. So the hook for me was there from the very, very beginning because the within the first game. You're kind of like, oh, they've they've already ramped up the rules about five different times, and at the end of every session, they've got something else that you can kind of you can kind of do. On the flip side of it, um, when I was playing Terraforming Mars, and come at me with your wrath, internet, there wasn't uh, there wasn't anything that really convinced me until it got towards the very end that lots of things were kind of clicking and getting together. And by that time, I was had so many cards in front of me. I had, I I wasn't, I didn't feel in control of what was going on. It was feeling I was pushing things in to 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 spit out stuff at the other side. But I wasn't always, I wasn't in full control of my decisions, which was a a strange kind of way, kind of way to be. That's all right. I can lend you some help against the internet if they go at you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. As I say, you can you can still like something, but you're also able to be kind of be kind of be critical of it. Um, are you? I mean, is there games that you're playing <clears throat> that you're playing for the, just the, the sheer enjoyment at the moment that you're not thinking in the back of your mind, 
I could get a video out of this. I mean, I know you're still doing, you know, you're still going to the the, um, the the game clubs on a regular basis. Um, so is there anything that you're getting to the table at the moment that you're kind of absolutely loving, apart from obviously uh, Sentinels? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've got the, the table actually, but I play it on the app every now and again. Oh, right, okay. But, well, there's only so much time. But and I'm also waiting for the Kickstarter final expansion to come out. That'll be awesome. Yeah. But in general, I mean, I, yeah, I go to my game clubs, and if I get copies, I gotta get the games played while I'm there. And that's another partial reason why I do want to maybe just cut down the level of requests I make a little bit because it's stopping me from getting the older stuff played. Mm-hmm. You review something, and then you find that because you've got to get on with the next bit, you lose track of the last time you actually played that other game, even if you loved it. Yeah, and that's usually a bit of a shame. And and like I say, I was requesting far too much. I I had mul- there was multiple sources, and I was kind of like going, "Yep, okay, bit of this, bit of that, bit of that." And I think I just went a little bit overboard. Hence, you know, the output has been somewhat high the last couple of months. So, with any luck, once I get past this week, <laughs> I should be back on track. January is always a dry month for releases, and then I might be mm-hmm. able to start maybe like focusing on specific games a bit more. Like you know, there are some reviews that I've done where I'm sort of thinking, did people really want to know about that? And you can tell from the views, you know, that some games people weren't that fussed about. Yeah, I know, but sometimes these things have got a long, you know, they've got a longer tail because there will be people that are continually kind of picking up games. And mm. I know the first thing that I do is I, if I get a game, um, I'll search, you know, a couple of, I'll search a couple of places to see, just to get a feel, just to see what the components are like on the board, a lot of the time to see kind of what it looks like when it's kind of set up, because, um, you know, I'm a, as I say, I'm a bear with a very small brain, so sometimes I look at a rule book and I'm just like this, will you just stop? And I'm more than likely to kind of look at a video, because even by somebody kind of explaining what you would normally do during the mechanics, you get a good feel to, to kind of how come sometimes you know the, the how they kind of the game can the game can kind of play um is there anything at the moment that's kind of really caught your imagination that you're thinking oh this is um this is really really good good fun kind of thing or are you keeping them for the video uh what in terms of games coming out yeah uh well Gaia Projects uh due tomorrow I think that's scheduled so that was a a decent upgrade to Terra Mystica which is like the poster child I use whenever people are sort of like you know yeah. you only like games with theme and all that that's all you want and it's like well yeah I do love games with theme but <laughs> see here Terra Mystica you know, so, yeah exactly yeah you know, the poster child for dryness and <laughs> and it's so, yeah, so that one's that's one was a, a good one, even though it's technically Terra Mystica 1.5, it's barely even its own game in a sense. It is very much a re-implementation, but now that was pretty solid. Uh, top 10's out on Sunday. After that, there's not many games I've got on the pile, because I've almost caught up with the backlog. I mean, I've got the new edition of Kingsburg to play and do very yeah. soon. That's been pretty good so far. I mean, Looking I, forward to that. Well, I already played the I already owned the original Kingsburg, so the rules are 95% identical right. in fact so it's just a, it's like the patch version then the 1.1 version of the game or something like that isn't it? it is basically a reprint i mean they've the main thing they've done i think the rules are 100 percent identical or if there is a change i it's so small i can't tell the main mm. thing that's different is that they combined the expansion to forge a realm with it 
So now everything from that is in the box, which is fair enough because that expansion was mandatory when you bought the game. So, mm-hmm. so now you've got them all. The component quality has basically been upped a bit. You know, the graphic design and artwork's changed and, you know, it's divisive, but I think it's decent enough. Uh, and the, main, the only actual new bit is um, one module that they've added. That's it. There's one expansion module that's the only new part. So woe betide you if you are an owner of the first edition of Kingsburg and you think this new module is the hotness because <laughs> you've got a tough decision to make about whether you want to fork out for a new edition just for it. <laughs> it's like getting like a new car just because it's got the cup holder in it <laughs> or something like that. I can put my hot drink in that now. That's worth £18,000 of my money. <laughs> kind of thing. Sounds a bit like my last car upgrade, actually. <laughs> so... <laughs> was, there was oh only, my goodness. There was, only so many nasty. there was only so many new things with it, but I mean... Well, I needed it anyway. I needed a newish car at that point. So, but when I sort of think about it, yeah, there was only so much stuff the new one had, but it was such good stuff. <laughs> was the cup holder when you pressed the button? Did the cup holder come out like really, really slowly, like a really, really good CD player? <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Just like sixth gear and cruise control and things like things like that. The original car still had my favourite feature on it, which was the start button. That's all I care. That's all I want in a car. <laughs> I, I, I just <laughs> I hate any car that involves me turning a key. It's like no, I want a start <laughs> button. I want my spaceship. You know, like, this is Thunderbirds. You know, like, what kind of criteria is that for buying a car? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like this one? Yep, Mercedes. Yep, yep. It's got with you know, it's one careful owner. It's got you know, twenty seven grand off it. Okay, okay. So it got a start button. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't, no, don't, don't knock on. a start button. <laughs> Every game should have one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no. It's you know the car we've got. What you do is you don't even put a key near it. Well, you have to put the key near it. You keep the key in your pocket. And you you know you you press the clutch in, and it's got the glorious start button, so I can see where it is. But I like the, <laughs> I like being able to overwind the engine and wreck it and go nee nee kind of thing. So. <laughs> And that's why your car's on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's why my car's an absolute, an absolute kind of mess. Um, Are you? I know you're getting obviously a lot of games through suppliers and stuff like that. Are they? Do you? How does it kind of work? I'm not asking you obviously tell your secret, but do you? Do they just? Are you because you're producing like regular stuff? Are you getting people kind of contacting you saying, do you fancy doing a video of this? Do you fancy doing a video of that? Or are you just kind of like getting a, a kind of a healthy, steady stream of stuff? Uh, Lord knows. on Certainly not not on that kind of front. It, it's more, it's not even suppliers really. It's more sort of retailers mm. and distributors. And right. I still have to put the requests in. You know, occasionally they might ask for something, but mainly it's like, oh, this is your new releases. Do you want coverage on this? It's, it's, right. it's more of a gentleman's handshake kind of arrangement. Certainly, I don't have, you know, I mean, I wish I had people like Fantasy Flight and AEG and Asthma Day sort of <laughs> coming round and saying, oh, yeah, we're exactly. about to release this new hotness. You know, here's a copy for you. We don't even need to ask me. It's like, yeah, I wish. But <laughs> they come along with like the steel suitcase and they kind of sit down and go, now look, just, you know, take your time and they kind of flip it open. It's like one of those. <laughs> Like Pulp Fiction mm. or something, and the gold light comes up, and you go, "Do you want to see this?" "Yes, yes, I do." Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so it's never like that. It's never like that. It's just you know, I put too many requests in is usually the main problem. <laughs> I do get. <laughs> just like, 
I get a few people <laughs> ask me for Kickstarter ones, but I've had to make it perfectly yeah. clear to everybody that I just do not do Kickstarter previews. It's not my style. <laughs> is that likely to change, or is that something that you're putting the Hector foot down on? It's definitely just not going to happen. That's a, def- a- that's a definite not going to happen. The problem with Kickstarter previews is, especially yeah. if they're paid previews, one, nobody can trust the video because you've been paid to do it, which is Ooh. never a good sign. Yes. Um, you know, some big name reviewers have already had stick for that kind of thing. The second thing is that I prefer to play a game when it's finished and published because I want to see what it looks like for somebody to buy it off the shelf. It's difficult to put your thoughts, particularly with aesthetics, on a game when it's a print and play or a pre-production version. And the other thing is yeah. that just a lot of these like barebone Kickstarters, I'm sorry, they just aren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's controversial. That's the sound of <laughs> you know, big big name publishers and certain exceptions are making really good Kickstarters these days, which is fair enough. But you do get some mm. Kickstarters which is literally like like really small thing, or it's something that is literally ripped off another game, or it's just another Cards Against Humanity rip off or something, and it's just like seriously, we just don't want that. <laughs> But has there not been stuff that you've seen on Kickstarter that you thought, oh, actually, that would have been quite nice just to maybe have a little copy of that? You know, like, your, I mean, things like your Dinosaur Island is hitting the hitting the shores now, and there's um, Wasteland Express delivery services kind of kicking about, and uh, we've got Giant Killer Robots is apparently making its way from the wet, wettest studios in New Zealand, so you're not being tempted just, just in case, or is it just a, no, we're just going to leave it alone. Well, I mean, if Simon, I mean, if Simon turned up and says, "Would you like a, would you like a preview copy of Hate?" I'd still be hesitant. <laughs> I mean, that is a gimmick. It's just such a big gimmick. <laughs> the thing is, a lot of these Kickstarters that are doing like massively well would probably either be big names themselves, or you know, they just found a game that was pretty good, or they they could be based anywhere in the world. You know, most yeah. of my people that have come to me are, are just going to be like, you know, Joe Blocks down the street with his first design. You know, it's not going to be. Anything that, and like I say, you do get exceptions. You know, Wasteland of the Rear Express has, well, it's sort of done well. But to be fair, when was the last time you saw anyone play it? Has it even been released um, in the well, UK? De- mm, definitely not me, because I'm still waiting for it. To yeah. be honest. So we'll <laughs> see whether that takes off. I know in the US it's okay. Uh, what was it? Dinosaur Island. Yeah, that is something actually I would like to try. I'd, I've tried to get a copy. Unfortunately, it's like out of stock the second it appears. But yeah, yeah that, that, I mean that is high on my list of I need to try this one because it looks right up my street. Well, I'll tell you what: when I get mine through, and after a month, if you still haven't had a copy, I'll lend you mine. There you go. Did it on record. That'd be I'll awesome. send it to you. <laughs> that would be awesome. But I'm going to keep all the nice shiny stuff that you get inside. I like the wristband and the maybe the dinosaurs. <laughs> And maybe the boards. I'll send you the box. Yeah, you can have a look at what. The, <laughs> you can have a look at the back of it, and you can just imagine it. I'd be happy with the retail version. I mean, too many people go mad for the Kickstarter bits, and it's like, yeah, but not everybody's got that version. There's only so much use in a yeah. review to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing is if you, I suppose, if you're doing a Kickstarter preview, then. <clears throat> How far do you go up? How far do you go down the, the kind of the stretch goal ladder? And and how 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 much information are you going to have on the stretch goals anyway? Because there could be stuff that can like you know can change the game slightly, can make a difference between it being like a four player game or a five player game. It can I mean it can make the difference between you unlocking 
kind of minis or unlock, unlocking kind of new strategies or, you know, give the guys enough time to maybe put in some new mechanics. So, I mean, it's a difficult, it's a difficult one for, for kind of like, um, Kickstarters. I guess you run it on the base game and you see how it kind of goes. Um, but it's kind of, kind of interesting. Yes, I, as an aside, yes, I looked at hate. Um, <clears throat> I looked at the price tag, which was like $120. Yeah, it's getting ridiculous now. Yeah. It's a, I it, mean, insert gimmick here or insert minis and you auto fund. That is pretty much the rule of Kickstarter. I mean, I'll be surprised if hate is actually a good game. I'll be immensely surprised but the fact that it's got so much controversy going over it is why it will succeed as a kickstarter you know and various other ones in the past you know exploding kittens and some of these and kingdom death monster and all that you know these weird gimmicks associated with them and they fund like hotcakes and nemesis is the new one at the moment i mean i've only looked at it briefly it is by a it you know pub, one of the publishers is rebel and I do yeah. like their stuff. And to be fair, it does look gorgeous. I'll give it that. It certainly looks pretty good. It's got a very awesome cover on it. But the first thing I notice when I go through the Kickstarter is, look at me and my giant minis, you know, and buy me. Yeah. And ev- <laughs> and everybody funds it. Because uh, to be fair, I want that queen mini, you know, <laughs> that queen alien mini. Because <laughs> it's just on the side of the shelf. Yeah, but... It's just like, oh, for crying out loud, is it another game that's all about the minis? And it may well be an absolute belter and fantastic and everything, but my first inclination, if you show me a Kickstarter with a bunch of minis that funds in no time, I'm just going to assume it's the minis until somebody shows me the game. <laughs> yeah, well, I think hates. Yeah. I've had people saying haters have like, well, I, I, I rushed in and backed it and it funded straight away. But I went onto the comments... Because um, Simon kind of keep the comments open, um, you know, so you can have a you can have a look and you can have a scout about. And the biggest thing that people are coming up going, oh, this is two player. It says four player or even up to six player on the blurb, so it's only two player people kind of playing at the same playing at the same time. And even I th- even the yeah. picture says that. I mean, the, the well, the picture I'm looking at is a board, a few minis. <laughs> Two player boards and a few dark tiles in that. It looks like a two player from the outset, but I mean, again, I'm looking at it and all I see is some cursing, you know, from things like the video and that, blood and yeah. guts, violence, and a bunch of minis. Hello, like yeah. we haven't seen that in a million other Kickstarter games, you know, <laughs> cool mini or not. But <laughs> yeah, well, artworks reminds me of the others, but the. F- things that I've heard about the others which was it was actually a really really good game to play so we'll like, like to see I think the back the people are saying well there's, there's nudity in it it's like okay well it's fine you know nudity it's nudity and plastic models and art you know kind of it's fine get over it well, didn't count but I guess the thing is, you know it's like the two player the two player stuff is I think is going to be the thing that is going to make people kind of decide We'll see. Oh, they're still um, gonna. I mean, it's still overfunded like crazy. Um, oh, of course it will be. And but a two-player mini game for a hundred and twenty dollars—that's a lot to ask. <laughs> and it's not that because no doubt there will be potentially expansion packs kind of coming out, which are going to be costly as I well. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think about the last one that they done, which was the um, Fire and Ice. Um, I, w- I was I was looking at that. I at one point kind of, I think I ended up kind of um, 
going in at a small, a really, really small value. I think they allowed you just to kind of keep up with the keep up with the game. You were able to chuck in a buck. So I thought, well, I'm going to keep a track on this and see how it goes. And within a couple of weeks, there was like add-ons kind of left, right and centre. Now, I don't mind add-ons. I don't mind somebody saying, okay, if you want a dice bag, it's an extra 10 or if you want this, it's an extra $15. I understand that for some campaigns, it can make the difference between them funding kind of well and really, really well. I always have, and I've said this before, I always have a bit of an issue when it's like, this is going to be, this is obviously being designed to be part of the game anyway, but we're carving it off and we're selling it to you as a bit of extra. Oh, that's cool. Because if- that's cool when you're not in a nutshell. I mean, Dice Tower mentioned this on yeah. some of their lists. Because, I mean, you look down it and there's all these stretch goals and they're all Kickstarter exclusives, which is one thing I really hate. I don't mind if you put in the odd, some, the, the odd few Kickstarter exclusives if they're not like mm-hmm. major changes. But to say, oh yeah, these there's so many cool. Uh, you know, extra models you can get, but only if you back the Kickstarter. It just It's going to make the retail version rubbish in comparison, so it forces people to buy or pay loads of money for this and add-ons. I mean, I think I did back Rising Sun in the end, but i got to admit, yeah. that was a rip-off because it gave you a fair amount in the box, but then the only way to justify having the best copy ever was to pay the same cost as the game to get mm. the extra add-on minis. And that's kind of how cool mini or not basically get you <laughs> with all the add-on minis. <laughs> Did you Have you had your copy through? Have they fulfilled that yet? Nope. Nope, still waiting on Rising Sun, but I don't think they're fully finished with it yet. All oh, right, okay. You know. well, that's fine. I'm looking forward to it, though. Oh. Hopefully it will work. At the moment, I think I'm waiting for Empires of the Void 2, which apparently is sitting at the postal depot currently. So Ooh, okay. That one I can't wait. I'm waiting for it as giant killer robots. And as I say, this <laughs> did you see that campaign? No, but I, I mean the name alone I'm sure would get people interested. <laughs> it was it certainly got the little the kind of the little robot geek and me kinda of going, What? Giant big robots with guns fighting each other through a city and everything's coloured and pre painted. Eh okay then. How do I get involved then? But it was Weta Studios, and they did a really, really good campaign, and they've kind of kept it in a kind of a dystopian-type character. So even kind of all the updates and everything like that were kind of fairly jokey and fairly fun. And yes, they had like little things you could buy, but it was like cosmetic items. It was almost like um, it was almost like loot boxes in a game, but the stuff that you were only getting was maybe extra costumes and stuff like that. It never actually seemed to have any effect on the game. They had one, I think they had one expansion that you allowed you to get like a smaller scout robot that could run about and have some extra skills, but everything else was just like upgrade to these tokens, have this dice shaker, stuff like that as well. So it was kind of, it was kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of cool. That sort of stuff's, Um, that sort of stuff's fine though, because there have been some Kickstarters where they say, oh, this expansion is a Kickstarter exclusive or, you know, an add-on for it. And it's like, that's part of the base game. You've just carved that out to make some money and you know it. And mm. and so do the people in itself. But a perfect Kickstarter, A, needs a decent enough game. Doesn't all have to be about the miniatures. But if you're going to have miniatures in your Kickstarter, then don't have exclusive, oh, you can only have these miniatures if you back us or have these expensive add-ons. Do different sculpts. 
that would be more interesting because then everybody who buys the retail version can still get the cool miniatures, but then whoever went yeah. on Kickstarter has a unique sculpt, and it might be just be a better one than the original or something. I think mm. the I think the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game actually did that. The I've not played it, but the the one that had the miniatures and stuff like that. I think it came out like start of last year or something. And yeah. that Kickstarter had that. You got the miniatures for people like April and Splinter and all the turtles in there. But if you're on the Kickstarter, you got a unique sculpt of those characters that only you had. That's so, kind of cool. So the retail people didn't feel gimped and they weren't like cut. They didn't have half the game when they bought it. They just had a different sculpt. And you, you're yeah. going to get people who want the different sculpts. It will happen. <laughs> so they'll still make yeah. the money. Yeah, well, you can always stick a shop up. I mean, it's, you know, I spoke about this quite recently, about having a tale on kind of Kickstarter, what happens after the kind of the game, the kind of the game finishes and stuff like that. And, you know, one of the things that I'm always amazed is the kind of, it, once the Kickstarter kind of finishes, it can be quite tricky to actually go and pick up the stuff at the time. Um which is especially if the Kickstarter's probably done really, really, really well. I mean, is it really difficult to say, well, what we'll do is we'll keep a batch of this exclusive stuff back in the shops. Even the guys six months down the line could probably go and pick it up, you know. Um, I don't know. The guys at Polyhedron Collider kind of touched on it and said, is the Kickstarter bubble potentially about to burst? Um, I don't know. I think it'll reach a price point where people will just go... Nah, I can't. I really, really can't. You try to get me for $300 here, you try to get me for $400 here. And you, that occasionally happens, like your Kingdom Death Monster, which people kind of went in at that level. But on all accounts, everybody that I've heard has played it has said it's absolutely fantastic experience as a game. A long one, but it's pretty, pretty, you know, it's kind of pretty, pretty decent. It didn't look um, like much on the table, i got to say, but I'm just not going <laughs> to buy into that kind of sort of money for it. And it, it, I. You could reach a price point where people go, okay, that's way too expensive, but you're still going to get people back in it. I mean, $120, this hate has got 5,000 backers in it. So that is 5,000 people out there who have got way too much money on the IP. You know, so <laughs> I can just shout out $120 on this one game. And I mean, I'm no better. I mean, I went a bit mad on Kickstarter last year, I'll admit, but most of that was getting either expansions or, you know, stuff from people that I was trusting what they were going to bring out, like, uh, was it Cerebra or Cerebra or something? The new Mind Clash game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But that one, A, looks good. B, you know, looks gorgeous and that, and yes, it has some miniatures, but the advantage that one has is, the the main reason I got that was mainly because of Mind Crash games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because of the good name behind them. Well, Anachrony was like a top of 2017 i've still got it and i'm teaching it this weekend actually you know love that oh, game okay. and i am desperate to play to carry on i have not played it but i really want to <laughs> do you have it or do you know somebody who can get it for you i think i know people with it and but the problem is every time they sort of have it on the table at a convention i'm usually busy doing something else and it's like <laughs> 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 I will play this game and I'm sure I'll probably love it, you know, big thinky game with tons of theme. That will do me nicely, but you know, if if it's getting me that hyped to play a game that's been out for ages, then that's kind of what got me back in it. But... Yeah, I'm still kind of I mean I've still got the 
the games that are sitting here that I'm wanting to kind of play myself, you know, cry havoc. I still want to get that to the table, and I keep, you know, I I'll, I'll go, I'll I'll think, okay, I'm gonna go and watch Rodney again. Rodney, show me how to play cry havoc, and he does. And then I'll g myself up to playing it, and then what will happen is that we'll play something else completely different instead. So that, you know, that's one of the that's one of those things. I still got those like a lot of games that I kind of want to get through, but then. I'll see a games like you've reminded me of Anachrony, and then I'm like, oh, I really, really either should try and get a hold of that myself because I've heard nothing but really, really good things about it, um, or do I finish off what I've kind of got just kind of got just now? It's strange. It's almost like I've got too many games, but I'm not wanting to miss out on having the other games that I want there just in case I get a chance to play them. Well, this is why I'm turning down the Kickstarter a bit anyway. I mean, I have bought some expensive yeah. games, but mostly. A lot of that has actually come out of side income anyway, you know, doing my doing accountancy advice outside of my job, you know, mm-hmm. so that's paid for it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't want to fork out that. But I'm looking over, I had two Kickstarter accounts annoyingly. I'm trying to get it all onto one now, but I'm just looking at what I'm still <laughs> waiting for. And, uh, you know, Oblivion, the Sentinels one, obviously, that was, a, that was basically a birthday present for myself. <laughs> so I, I got this big invoice in, I'm getting like the maximum signed pledge, and I want it. Oh my goodness. But... I, I didn't know you were a Sentinels of the Multiverse fan. <laughs> Look, you've never, I don't, I don't, I think that's, you've kept that quite a secret. Yeah, from... I'm usually quite, I'm usually quite hesitant to talk about it, but... <laughs> Empires of the Void 2, uh, Hardback, the, but a lot of these are expansions. I've got Argent Consortium 2nd Edition, I've got Deception, the Murder in Hong Kong expansion, uh, the yeah. Flashpoint expansion, uh, Near and Far expansion. So they're usually expansions that I tend to back because I already know I like the game. Uh, yeah. Star Wars Frontier, Star Realms Frontier, sorry. I, I'm, I'm alright with the game, but the stuff from Hero Realms kind of made that one a little bit better, even if that one's a little bit more unbalanced. So I thought, I prefer the theme for Star Realms, so I backed that one because it was including all the sort of campaign and solo stuff, and it's like, oh, perfect, fair enough. <laughs> and the only uh, Cerebria uh, Pursuit of Happiness expansion, which I've already got, that was fine. And, well, this is kind of tainting the list, but I'm getting this on behalf of someone because they didn't have a Kickstarter account or something, but I've got Brass coming in. That's such... <laughs> Such a you I notice how you you didn't actually just say oh, I've got brass coming in as well. <laughs> you had to kinda of like go now, I'm gonna justify not I don't own this one, okay? This is not for me, this is for somebody else. Well why would it's like go, Well people will be thinking like you lies <laughs> Exactly. You love it really. It's like, no, exactly. trust me, I hate this game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if it's one of the prettiest looking games I've seen for next year. It's still not going to wow me. I know, I know. Look, look, look Hector corrupted, confirmed. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. It's like, click, you call you clickbait Hector from now on. <laughs> he, just, he just wrote that thing about brass to get some more, um, to get, yeah, to get nasty comments on, like, Facebook. <laughs> Well, to be fair, yeah, that's they'll be what fir- I do. well. To be fair, they'll be first attached to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know it's fine. We'll be we'll be fine. We don't get that many nasty comments. And anyway, I just ignore them and just say I'm fine. I'm quite shallow and self-centered. So within five minutes, I'm like that. Yeah. My hair actually doesn't look too bad today. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, it's good <laughs> stuff though. The big got the dice <laughs> dice towers on there as a pledge. That's obvious. But <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> imagine if you didn't. You'd probably get a phone call. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. I'm just a bit. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I spent spent all my money on uh, spent all my money on Rodney Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine how well that kind of goes. That kind of goes down. Um, but you've moved. I mean, this is us getting back on topic. Do you like that when I do? The, the, the higher voice. <laughs> I'm just bringing this back in. So you've moved with a podcast. You've started doing the kind of the film reviews. Yeah, I was trying to do something a little bit different with it because yeah. I was tr- struggling to think of anything actually interesting to do with the podcast in general. I mean, I'm trying a new segment at the moment, but even then, that's just another segment. It's kind of like, what? There's only so much you can do with a podcast when it's just yourself talking. <laughs> so it gets a little bit <laughs> hard to make it interesting. But it wasn't, it was more the case that. I don't just like board games. I like most stuff out of geekdom. So, and movies is a big thing. And I watch, most of the stuff I watch on YouTube isn't actually board game related, apart from just Dice Tower and that. It's usually mm-hmm. movie related uh, or sort of video game stuff. So, some of my major subscriptions or whatever would be things like Channel Awesome, Angry Joe Show, Little Karibo, Team Four mm-hmm. Star, you know, all, the, all these people that are dorkly how it should have ended. You know, these ones that specialize more in reviewing movies and video games and doing sort of sketch gags with them. And I like yeah. talking about movies as well, but it's like, well, I can't really just put it on random video reviews of movies. I don't know. People probably aren't necessarily after that. So I thought, well, okay. takes me literally like 15 minutes to talk about a movie that I've just watched at the cinema. Editing it is a breeze because I don't put any fancy effects or anything like it in it. And I can no. just go, all right, mm. here's my opinion on insert major movie here and it's I don't know sometimes you just want to get it off your chest <laughs> no I mean that's I mean I'm bringing it up because I kind of I kind of liked it um, the, the style of it because it is literally it's like I've just come back from the cinema you know and I'm, I'm not going to eat because I accidentally bought you know I'm not going to sleep now because I accidentally bought a bag of Haribo and I'm wired to the moon <laughs> let me tell let me tell you very quickly about what I thought about Wonder Woman and then you go into it, and it's just <laughs> there's not a big an okay. There's not like a huge analysis on it. It is very kind of off the cuff. It's kind of what you kind of thought, and it's your first impressions, and it's not. It's kind of quite honest for anybody that's not. I mean, for anybody that's lis- that listens to your podcast anyway, they're going to get it on the feed. But it's a nice little kind of um, if you're if you're constantly listening to podcasts about board games it's a nice little kind of breath mint to have kind of in between the kind of the cardboard if you know what i mean and they're very very <laughs> short what an analogy <laughs> and they're very and they're very as you know it's the first thing that came came to my mind i've now got a, um, i've now got images of board games coming with like pre-packed polo mints you know, so. that's it you're, that is exactly what it is. is it, was it? Was that game? Is, There's a game that's called that. Is, it, um, is there a stretch goal for one of the Kickstarters now, where it's going to be like uh, Mentos Fresh Makers <laughs> or like packaged with it, <laughs> something like that? But no, I mean, did you? I mean, it's you're you're continuing to do them, so you're obviously enjoying them. Um, I mean, you've not. It's, again, it's something that's not kind of scripted, but you're generally you're quite quick and kind of like giving your giving your opinion. You obviously fill them with spoilers. Which is fine, but I mean, is that something you're gonna con- kind of continue with? Are you gonna go into other things? Are we gonna get like the, you know, the um, the inked meeple? Are you gonna be talking about kind of like the <laughs> comics that you've done, or you know, 
you know, the the Beeple Meeple. <laughs> we talk about music. Uh, I don't read any comics and most of my music is just random stuff I find on Spotify, so there's not really specifics there. I mean, the movie, the movies is the main thing. Even video games. I haven't got the time to play video games anymore, so I can't uh. even do stuff like that. So, so it is more just a movie thing, and even then it's mostly geeky movies or geeky related bits anyway because because i've done sometimes it's a case of is this the new hotness at the cinema right or let me let me talk about this is it a controversial movie topic all right let me talk about this i mean i got so annoyed and angry over basically idiots as i'll call them (laughs) because they pretty much are you know controversial but going on about like it's not your podcast true yeah (laughs) But I just got sick and tired of them mouthing off about the whole female Doctor Who thing of like, oh, it can't be a female, it must be a bloke, wow, 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 my whole childhood's ruined. It's like, oh, give me a break. So I had to do an it's episode such a good on episode. that. I had to do an episode on that because I just thought, for crying out loud, you guys aren't fans if you're getting bothered by this. I've watched every episode that I can think of from the start to finish that's like not destroyed by now. I've got DVDs all over the shelves. You know, I've listened to audio stuff, I've read books for crying out loud, I may not be the biggest fan in the world, but I'm a fan and I am not bothered by <laughs> a female doctor, in fact I am looking forward to it it's about time <laughs> we actually had this thing It's a cracking thing, because it was kind of like here's my reaction to what we think about the new Doctor Who and it was pretty um, it was kind of decent But then there were other ones as well the second one I think I did was uh, the Ghostbusters remake <clears throat> The, yeah. the female one and again half of that was down to okay I gotta find out what everyone's banging on about with this and then also to address the whole okay people will you just get over yourselves about hating on ladies being main characters because it's <laughs> there was a bit of both with that one granted the film's not very good but it's not deserving yeah. of the hatred <laughs> no I think the, the, the thing about the Ghostbusters film is and I've said this I've not said this on this podcast but um when you see things like Bridesmaids and you see what else like um the actors have done um you know um Melissa McCartney when she was with Sandra Bullock in the heat and the potty mouth that she has and I was always wondering is there like a kind of almost like a 15 rated Ghostbuster <laughs> movie out there where you've just got Melissa McCartney just swearing left right and center and um just and I feel maybe it was reined in. I don't know. I wonder if that kind of movie exists, if it was kind of cut by the studio to say, well, listen, we need to get the kiddies in and we need to sell the toys. Because if you remember the original Ghostbusters film, it sold toys for years because you had all the toys from there and then you had all the cartoon series on the, the like the real Ghostbusters, yeah. which was where the big kind of toy thing set off. So I was wondering if, um, if maybe there was. Maybe there's like deleted scenes and cut stuff that we just let because they're ad libbers. I mean, they're on like Saturday Night Live and stuff like that. So you got to wonder if there was like versions where they're just going being absolutely disgusting Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's it's hard to say. I mean, most of these films get ruined by people up top anyway because yeah, you can no. tell that yeah the, the film tries to make so many homages to the original and it just every time it does that it takes you out of it and that's that's not the actors and actresses having a problem with this. This is nah. the people up top just. Being stupid. I mean, let's face it. You know, you know, Fox will spoil any movie that they can. You know, EA will spoil any video video game they can. It's you know, there's always these people that you know get on 
this one. And to be fair, you know, everyone was always, oh, yeah, but the original Ghostbusters is like the best film ever or something. It's like, well, it, it was fun, but for crying out loud, let's have a look at it in more detail. And it's actually pretty <laughs> cheesy and somewhat like it's not random. Bad, but it's not bad. Like... It's not bad, but it's, you know, people would, would say like, oh, it's like absolute perfection or something. And it's like, I'd still say the remake got things like, well, for starters, the action a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, but I'd also like to present the case for the prosecution, which would be Ghostbusters 2. Um, <laughs> which everybody that was going, you're ruining Ghostbusters. It's like, nah, Ghostbusters 2 ruined Ghostbusters because if it wasn't for Ghostbusters yeah, they... 2, there probably would have been a Ghostbusters 3. Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah, that was so. that was the thing. They, they somehow <laughs> forgot that they were meant to hate Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> just because, <laughs> just because this happened, it's like, oh, I want my Ghostbusters free, you know, with the original actors. What? Oh, in their seventies? No, you don't. <laughs> and some of them have unfortunately mm, passed away. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want a real ghost kind of thing. Oh god, but it's, <laughs> but it's all good. It's not just yeah. that though. The, I think fanboys just sort of do that on a regular basis, though. They they did the same with the Indiana Jones ones with. Um, Kingdom of Crystal Skull, and I mean, I've seen that film. Yes, it's cheesy, and the CGI is absolutely horrible. But everyone had a problem with the ending part. Well, obviously the fridge part was ridiculous, but the <laughs> people had a problem with the aliens like subplot in it. And yeah. personally, I actually found that all right because, to be fair, isn't that what one of the most common theories when it comes to a lot of this ancient civilization stuff that aliens did it? Yeah. So I'm yeah. cool with it. But I laughed my head off when people were. We're like, oh, I've, you know, this is too unrealistic. I cannot buy this. <laughs> this, you know, aliens, it's just totally not realistic enough. And it's like, oh, so the 500 year old Grail Knight who drinks from the Holy Grail <laughs> <laughs> and sits in a cave all his life is realistic. <laughs> but aliens is too much for you. Um, also, Harrison Ford still doing his own stunts, you know? <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, he's in it. What is he? He's in it. He must have been in his sixties when he was filming that thing. So him running about and doing all the fighting he was doing, it's like, come on, granddad, you're not going to be able to take on the Russians that way. I know, but settle down. He's trying to write himself out of everything now. So. <laughs> exactly. Can I, he's probably sick and tired of every single time he goes on a film set, he gets injured or crashes his plane. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> to be honest. It's like, can we, it's like, can you kill me off in this film, please? I'm kind of dead. Exactly. That's when, exactly. He said to JJ, and JJ went, Are you sure? And he went, Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, he's leaving me out of Blade. He was lucky he survived Blade Runner, to be perfectly honest, but, you know. I know, I won't if I watch it, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's very filmy. That one, it's, but it's all good. It's, but we've walked completely away from board games, which is always, which is kind of always fine. So what's, I mean, going for going full circle. When does your YouTube series on storage solutions and furniture you like actually start? Is that next <laughs> month? <or then? laughs> no, I did consider doing storage solutions, but again, it's, <laughs> oh my goodness, no, not for not not like shelves. No, I mean like inserts. Uh, oh, that'd be so funny. But <laughs> but people need to do that though because people need to actually have a, a YouTube video to say, let's talk through your options, guys. You know you've got a Calax here. This is the size of boxes. This is the size of board games that you're going to be able to put on the shelves. <laughs> you know it's, it's a viable it's a viable video. Well, One million views. Well, guaranteed. I was talking about like inserts though more than like board game inserts because oh, right, I buy a lot okay. of those. But I see videos for them and I just think I'm not interested to watch these. So who's going to be interested to watch it if I do it? <laughs> So they, that idea kind of just got put off. And again, the other issue is 
the setup I've got relies on the camera sort of being at one end of the table, me being on the other end. Yeah. Like I can't rotate yeah. it or do anything. And pointing it straight at the table doesn't leave a good picture or and things like that. So, you know, the whole mobile phone with the gimbal thing is kind of like the next step. But it's like, well, who wants to look at a random insert for a board game? You can tell if it's good. <laughs> You're more interested <laughs> like in playthroughs. It's like a 30-second kind of video. Here we go, and here we're looking at Dead of Winter today. And here's the insert for Dead of Winter. Well, the other let's appreciate that insert for thirty seconds silence, <laughs> and then say, and that was the insert for Dead of Winter. Join us next week when we cover Terra Mystica, <laughs> and next week I'll cover this chair. Is it okay? <laughs> exactly. You could move it in. It's, oh, it's not gonna. It wouldn't work. And the other downside, though, is that, like I say, I can't use my main camera to point it at the table very well. At least not for a decent picture. The yeah. problem is that if I use the stabilizer on my mobile phone that means one of my hands has to continuously hold that thing so if you want to try and manipulate <laughs> lifting the box lid off and you know messing around with an insert with yeah. one hand <laughs> yeah good luck i've seen that i've seen that i've seen that i was it i did i did a um there is a video out there that i did not too long ago about me showing how to um prepare magic cards for posting so <laughs> So it's out there somewhere. I might put the link it, but it's got me. You know, you've got to wash, you've got to wash the mash, wash the magic card. So it's got me taking like a magic card and sticking it in soap and water, <laughs> and then cleaning it off, and then just putting it in an envelope, and just basically ended up destroying this magic card. But I, I had the same. <laughs> I had the same. I I ended up at the end saying, and now you stick it in the oven. It gas marked three for half an hour, and you know that was that was how it finished. Um, but I had to film it one hand and see track <laughs> at one point I'm struggling to get this card out of the sleeve I know you you can't just, you can't do it but you could do a playthrough with it because there's very few games I can think of where you would need both hands to use the game reliably you know you should yeah. be able to manipulate cards fine especially with a geeks on table you can just put them in the ridges or just put them face up on the table, really. But pieces, yeah, you know, yeah. they won't need two hands. You know, so most stuff you could do, even if you're holding the camera with it. Although it does need to be with a stabilizer, because as much as I, you know, love Rado as a person, you know, <laughs> the motion sickness does crop in every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm coming or going. Is it sunlight? Is it nighttime yet in Malta? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't feel well. Was I? Most of the questions people will ask or something is one: Does he know the the concept of a full stop? <laughs> secondly, oh come on. Secondly, will he will his hand stop shaking? <laughs> and thirdly, is his wife a figment of his imagination? Because <laughs> like, like you never see her. It's like where is this mystical wife you play games with? <laughs> no, that's what would happen if I did videos with my wife because she's not into board games at all. It would just be I'd have to be like an imaginary figure. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Well, I've I've been struggling with that anyway. I mean, I'm dating someone at the moment, like early days or whatever. But they're not a gamer themselves, but they at least liked. Ah, but they like the idea of them, and I've already shown them one like Jaipur already or something. And it's like, oh yeah, fair enough. They got beaten down, but they're like, oh, I really like that one. What else have you got? And it's like, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that, okay. that first thing the you dating chip. Okay, <laughs> but then what games do you take on? I mean. King Domino is a pretty obvious... I, I mean, do you do gateway games? Or do you do something 
kind of that stretches the intellect a bit more. Because the dis- I guess the difference is, is if you put down and say, oh, let's play Love Letter, first of all, Love Letter's pretty rubbish in two-player. You could play King Domino, but you could say, well, isn't this a bit kind of kiddie and gateway? Or you could go for something different and say, right, Netrunner. <laughs> you're, you're running. And they go, what? What, I'm doing what? Kind of thing. Well, gate- so I guess it's... Gateway yeah. should not be misinterpreted as kiddie, though. That's the thing. I mean, I agree with you. I like no. Love Letter, and people... I, I think I put a tweet out when I was showing Jaipur, saying Jaipur is one of the first ones I pick if I'm showing someone new a game, because it's pretty straightforward, mm. but it makes them think. And I said, well, what has other people got for ideas? And I know... I, I mean, gateway games are a major thing for me, because a lot of the time I'm teaching new players, I need gateway games. And even my segment on Throat Punch Lunch is starting Tile, which is devoted to talking about gateway games. So I'm more into those than I am the heavy ones. You know, simple streamlined rules that are still fun, you know, that can be played in less than an hour. Perfect. So Dice Forge is good. And it's pretty looking. I'm not sure I'd call that gateway. How is it not? Well, it's slightly complicated, but it's not. I don't know. I'd love to play it with the kids. Uh, compared to compared to like you know Jaipur, No Thanks, Love Letter, oh, Dream Home, yeah. Flam Rouge, you know those sort of games, Splen- Splendor, mm. you know Carcassonne, Ticket to Ride, you know they're the they're the gateway games. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I suppose you like to show your edgy at the same time and say, but this is quite difficult. It's Dice Forge, kind of thing. So I work I work up to that. Is it's because you know if they've <laughs> never if they've never seen a modern game before, then any little thing know. is going to be hard for them to grasp and it's like well get them into the 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 gateway stuff first and then you sort of assess you know okay was that too much of a struggle was that you know was that really easy or, was, or something and then you can sort of go right well from that point how about this and you know I, do you have have you got lists already made just to say with like little kind of outcomes <laughs> and points no this is just what i get from experience as i have you have you written a macro <laughs> Just to kind of check which way I'm supposed to go. I didn't like Jaipur. Oh, Jaipur was good, actually, but hmm, maybe we could do Viticulture. Viticulture actually might be quite good. I wouldn't call that gateway, but not at all, especially as I play it with Tuscany and all the bits. But the <sighs> but you could stream it down and just have Viticulture. But then it wouldn't be... You could have a nice little, nice little glass of wine at the same time. But then it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. It's Viticulture. You've got to have Tuscany with it. But, oh. but no, nah, I mean... Yeah, so it's not that listed. It's just something I observe and I've taught a lot of people. I mean, I do those. I do like the charity events for um, Dice Portsmouth and a few of those. And mm. for those, you're you're teaching people who have never seen games before, and you just pick up on these points. You know, some people are always adamant that, like, oh yeah, I can teach this. I can teach so and so this hard game, and they got it fine on the first time. And it's like I'm probably willing to bet there's some background reason why they grasped it better, whether it's because they're into other geeky topics or they're yeah. geniuses themselves, or they're into geekdom in general or something. Yeah, there's gonna be another reason. But I mean, if you're gonna compare someone like that to say my parents, trying to get them to learn any game is a nightmare in itself. But I've managed to succeed <laughs> with you know stuff like Dixit and Sushi Go, Dream Home yeah. recently. You know, Ticket to Ride. My dad loves that one. So it's it, you've got to start with something simple. And I know some people get on the case and think was like, oh, do you underestimate your opponent's intelligence? And it's like, well, yeah, you kind of kind of need to, really, <laughs> like, at least to begin with. And and that was dating tips with Luke Hector. That's got nothing to do with dating. That's just general gaming. <laughs> <laughs> just general. Oh dear. I know, but what would you do? I mean, that'd be the worst thing, wasn't it? When, if you're out dating and you just say, "I play card, I play board games," and like, what then? 
what like Monopoly. Oh god, that, like, that drove that drives me so much. I even had to put swipe. So, I even had to put that on my profile to say do not mention the word Monopoly because <laughs> I was getting sick and tired of people using that as an entry line. It's like oh for goodness, but that's somebody that's actually trying. Yeah, but they're not trying hard enough. It's like <laughs> call me picky, but I'm like. <laughs> Oh dear! You want this prime specimen? So do some re- Do your research if you're gonna. <laughs> do some research. Uh, you're not just gonna turn my head with a mention of like one of the worst games. Yeah, like... <laughs> no, I played Monopoly game or um, recently, and um, I was pleasantly surprised about how non-awful it was. So it's fine. I would. It's all good. I hear. I hear it's actually one of the best ways to win it is just to buy houses and not hotels, which is kind of cheesy, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's a it's a, it's a kind of like a good old game. So, um, what can we what can we expect from you in the immediate in the kind of the immediate future? In terms of the channel and that, well, like I say, I'm definitely yeah. gonna start. Well, I'm not asking if you you know if you're taking me out for dinner or anything like that. <laughs> All the way up to Scotland with, you, well, with you your know. appetite. Yeah, that would be an expensive <laughs> date. <laughs> That's not nice. I've got. I'm just carrying a little bit of holiday weight. All right. We can't all be the Captain Jim Bunny that you are. Oh, I'm out for a run today. Just did fifty-two miles. It's got nothing, you know, it's got nothing to, to do with weight. I've got an aunt and uncle who are like Scottish themselves, and <laughs> they can eat me out of house and home. It's like... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. That's nice to. Yep. Yep. Okay. Make me feel insecure. I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> Nothing to do with fasting tomorrow. No, nothing at all. Nothing <laughs> yeah. at all. Um, yeah, but what's the plan for the channel? Um, oh yeah, the channel thing. But well, like I, like I said, <laughs> the channel thing. We got Not the more insults. We got <laughs> Come on, I take it worse. But the, the... <laughs> swipe left. That's your problem. Um... <laughs> <laughs> left, 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 <laughs> left, left. left. <laughs> Nah, the the channel itself is like I said. I want to look into the playthrough things, and maybe at some point in the mm. future, I will find some time with this. You know, with January and February being quiet for releases, I can sort of go right. I'm going to play around with this. I'll get some test footage done or something of maybe like playing through an app on my PC and you know doing a a solo walkthrough or something. And they, they they won't be full published videos, but I'll try and get some test footage up just to say, look, this is what it looks like on the first attempt. Does it look yeah. good? What's the improvements you think I can make? And then I can sort of stream, you know, in, improve it and then get like proper stuff on. And it would be nice to do something like that. Certainly you're going to get more top tens. Maybe you'll get less reviews as a result. So that I'll stop asking for every single game that comes out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll still play as many games as I can, but you know, there are other people I know who buy games as well. So I can still do top tens of the year and, you know, play a ton of new releases anyway but i don't need to ask for every single one myself <laughs> can, Absolutely. no exactly i can exactly because you know and then you don't have to be asking questions on twitter about whether or not your house is going to hold up whether you get any more cardboard and... <laughs> true yeah <laughs> i can sort still, of keep it down <laughs> which is still brilliant um where can we find you on the interweb nets mr hector pretty much just search for the broken meeple and you'll find it uh Search for it on Twitter, you'll find it. You'll see the logo. Search it on Facebook, you'll find the page. Twitter, at The Broken Meeple, you'll find it. In terms of the blog itself, the address is brokenmeeple.blogspot.co.uk. Again, pretty much if you just Google search The Broken Meeple, you will probably find it all. <laughs> That's all good. No, we'll put, what we'll do is we'll put... Um, other search we'll engines sure. are available. <laughs> no, other... 
<laughs> yeah, don't use Bing. What did I see? I saw an old cartoon, and it still made me laugh. And it was like, it was Firefox, Chrome, and I think it was Internet Explorer. And uh, it had like Firefox and Chrome and uh, going, what do we want? And then it was like the next page, it's like, faster browsing. And then the third thing is, it's like they're going, when do we want it? And then the next one, it's like going, now. And then you've got Internet Explorer going, what do we want? So yeah, it's just like slowness. <laughs> I think I might have yes. seen that actually. <laughs> yeah, probably. That sounds familiar. Probably. It's gonna get cut because that's rubbish. <laughs> 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 um, if you want, if, well, yeah, but check out Luke's stuff because it's good. His videos are uh, excellent. His podcast is really, really good because it takes. I couldn't sit there for. I couldn't sit there for the time that you sit there and just talk into a mic because I would probably not do it um like i just you know hats off to you for continuing to produce the content you do especially the podcast and the film stuff is really good fun it's very very quick it doesn't overstay its welcome as i say it's a good laugh um as i say we will take all the notes as usual and we'll stick them in the show notes so that we've got notes to show if you want to keep an eye on what we are up to head over to <coughs> you can find us on twitter which is We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Facebook, which is We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Instagram, which is We're Not Wizards, which we are starting to post some more content on there. We have a YouTube channel, but we didn't have any videos. But Podbean, that's our podcast host, they automatically put all of our podcasts onto YouTube automatically, which is very, very nice of them. Um, if you want to find that directly, because we knew there are some people that like to listen through YouTube as well for some reason, um, you can find it on youtube.com forward slash C forward slash We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. Um, you can find us through the usual kind of podcast catchers. Um, you know, your Stitchers, your Spreakers, your Acasts and Podknives and, and all these different wonderful kind of places. Um, obviously, if you like us, then feel please um, feel free to drop over to Apple Podcasts and drop us a subscription. If you like us even more, go and give us a little rating um, or even drop us a review because that really, really helps with us being visible in the um, in the charts. As we say always, if you are going to give us a rating, uh, don't give us a 10 because that will make us big headed. But don't give us a 1 because that will make us cry. Give us a 5 because it's in the middle and it's average. And we're decidedly average. Um, but the person who's not been average today is the rather fantastic, the rather wonderful Mr. Luke Hector. So thank you very, very much, good sir, for coming on. No worries. Cheers, Em. We'll do this again, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we'll not leave it. We'll not leave it too long next time. <laughs> a whole <I'll>, year. Um... <laughs> I didn't realise it'd been a whole year. I was like that. Ah, oh, it's not been that long since I had Luke on. I was like, looked and I went, oh, this is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> he's he's going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have got, just trying to think, we've got lots of guests coming up. Um, the wonderful, fantastic Bez, she's going to be making, I think, her third appearance on the show. So she's going to be along to chat about Kitty Cataclysm. and that's going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, Katie from Katie's Game Corner is coming back on. Um, John D. Clare 
we're speaking to him about coming back on from to um to have a chat with us too. Um so lots of lots of content so keep an eye out um or keep an ear out and uh, you know if you think somebody else would like the show then tell them because that's how we pick up more people is by word of mouth. So we appreciate everybody who listens. So thank you for everybody who's downloaded so far. There are only a couple more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Luke? I don't know about you, but... (laughs) Don't you even... I can't, you know... It could be another year before you come back on again. Don't think I can't fix that. <laughs> it's um, exactly like Harry Potter. It's like a year has passed. <laughs> that's exactly that's how it is, and it's your birthday. Um, and the second thing is to, <laughs> is to say goodbye. So, as I say, it's a goodbye from the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic, the rather wondering if he's going to get crushed in the middle of the night by cardboard, Mister Luke Hector. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, uh, stay safe, roll sixes. Um, you know, um, come back for next time, as I say, much more guests coming on. But, you know, jump over and check out this guy's content because the stuff he's putting out is really, really good. And it's only um, it's only a click away. But until the next time, goodbye.